0: This morning, uh, my message for what the week was actually got blown all apart because what, what I was going to teach on actually changed last night. So, um, you know, normal, normal, I guess, for me, right? And so th- this morning, what I wanted, to, uh, felt needed to be taught today was we're going to call this the a la carte Christian. A la carte means what? You go pick out what you want, right? A little bit of this, a little bit of this. You know, we uh, we get our food bills from the kids for for school. We tell them they have to pack their lunches because what happens is they go and they pick out the chips and the, you know, eat two Twinkies or or heads are shaking. Yep, my kid does it. Yep, I understand. Ten, how did you go through eight hundred and fifty dollars this week? <sighs> I don't know. Right. So it, it's the. With the carte Christian, it's kind of the same thing, is that you can take out of the Bible what you want to be out of the Bible. You can pull the one thing that means something to you that, you can be like, oh, this is all that matters. You know what redaction means? Redaction is that whenever you go and you, you mark out so that nobody can tell what it says. Well, the Bible is, you know, some people want to take the Bible and they want to take those and redact out of the Bible so that way it can be like, oh, that doesn't apply to us. Because, Here's the thing I'm going to tell you about is as it gets into being talking about the old law. The old law. Because we're not bound by that anymore. So you can do everything that you want to do. As long, you know, no. Okay. My, my analogy is, is, is if if we had a stop sign down here, and I know a lot of you have heard of this. If you have a stop sign down there and you pull the stop sign out, would you stop there? No. Would you stop there after getting hit? Yes. So the stop sign there, the law is there for a reason. It's not that you are, you know, there's a spot out by my house, you know, towards Rushville, and you can see for a while, right? My dad always says that's a stop sign everybody runs. You all know a stop sign that you there's nothing there, right? You literally can look look, you know, cornfields aren't up, you can take and you can go right through it. And but the one time that you don't, that you don't that you don't slow down and you get hit what's going to happen to you the rest of the time? You're going to stop at that stop sign. So the law is there for a purpose and for a reason. It's for protection. You know, we, we, we are policed for a reason, for protection. It's not against, always against... A lot of times it's, it's not necessarily us, but it's, against, it's protection for everybody. It's... It has to be done. We, we get stuck in we get stuck in a habit of thinking that the law is old or that we're bound by a law, but we're not. Being, we're being protected by a law. That's, that's what has to change in our mindsets. And so when we have the old law and then we have the new grace, and so with the new grace is that that's where the redaction comes in. It's like, well, we don't need this, so we're going to concentrate on this. Great. But you're going to get hurt. Because, see, what we're talking about with the a la carte Christian is is what I got up here. You can't pick and choose what you want and expect to get what you want. The next next photo, since it's New Year and everybody wants to go to the gym right now, you know, this is what happens when you concentrate on one thing. Right? So we go and we, we want to concentrate on what we see or what we think is... Great and everything, and then we end up getting out of proportion. Friends don't let friends concentrate on wrong things. Right? So what we have to start concentrating on is we have to we gotta start looking at our lives as being in proportion. We can't quit, we have to stop living our lives to be in an all-a-cart menu type of situation. We can't. See, Jim. Uh, I got up here. It says, "Jim is a judgment-free zone." We, it's on commercials, right? Come here. It's a judgment-free zone. You can work out because you're going to stay here for. I'm not saying this to be negative. You're going to stay here for for three weeks to a month, and then and when February rolls around, you're going to take and we're going to you're going to owe us for the rest of the year. But we're getting you, right? Not saying that's everybody. That's not. I'm not saying. But we're getting. I I, I did it before. I signed up and, you know, and I used it and then didn't. But they didn't say that the facility wasn't free. It's a judgment free zone, but the facility isn't free. You're still paying for it. See, we live in a, with Christ, it's a judgment free zone. The difference is it's not coming out of our pocket to pay, it came out of God's pocket. It's not free. Christ laid his life down for us, it's not free. See what gets you annoyed about the gym is, is that whenever the bill comes in in July, and you get the bill in July, and you look at it, and you're like, "Oh, why did I do that?" Because you want more for yourself. Because you want to make that change. Because you want to be a better fit. Because, because you look at yourself in the mirror and and you can truly recognize who you are. Because you can't deny what's in the mirror. You can't deny when you step on the scale. So the reason that you signed up for that gym membership is so that way you can take and you can get fit and that way you can get your weight down because you can look at yourself in the mirror and so your clothes fit better and you feel better about yourself. But it wasn't for free. It takes hard work. It takes doing it every day. It takes recognizing what is going on. How do I get from point A to point B? How do I stay in proportion? It's not going to be that I decided I'm going to go to Dunkin' Donuts in the morning and in the afternoon and in the evening. Get me a coffee. Get me a donut. It's not going to be that I take and eat what I want. I have to take and have a design menu that's going to fit myself, fit my system. Our religious walk is no different. There's a design that has to happen. There's a design that's going to happen in our lives. And we have to recognize that we have misconceptions on what judgment starts to become in our life. The misconceptions of judgment on our life is because of who we think is judging us. Judgment is not something that we should do to each other. Judgment is something that God does. I pray for people that are living in sin. I love people that are living in sin. But I don't go and join the people. Because then I start getting off my diet. Then I start getting out of my regimen. Then I start to flow more into what I think I need to do rather than what God says I need to do. It's a big change. I have to, I have, to have a healthy, religious, living lifestyle and if I don't I'm going to get fat in another way. It's something that we have to accept. It's it's we have to accept that our judgment isn't should never should come from somebody else. That there's an almighty God that's on top of us that sits there and tells us when we're doing right and when we're doing wrong. See, there's the Holy Spirit that takes and confronts us and sits there and and, and gives us a hey son, hey daughter. Listen, you're you're getting in the weeds here, and God gives us a little bit of. See, He gives us the leash that can hang us if we wanted. He, he, God allows that. It's not what He wants, but He allows it. When I started looking into uh, Scripture, and it, you know, it popped again. Like I said, it popped up this morning. It was there was in John eight, the Jesus was at Mount Olives, and he took, and he decided he was going to walk up to the temple. And so he goes up to the temple, which isn't that far away, but he decides to walk up to the temple. And he gets there, and so they had brought a woman up to the temple, and they brought the woman to the temple. They said, well, we caught her in adultery. So since we caught her in adultery, the law of Moses says that we need to stone her. So Jesus sat there, and he was like, okay, well... He went and got down on the ground, and they said he wrote in the sand. It doesn't say what he wrote. And some people left. And they kept talking, saying, they need to do this. You know, we need to, we need to stone her. So he takes, and he gets down and writes in the sand again. Eventually, what happened is that the, all the people that were there accusing her left. And there was only two people that was left there standing. And the two people that were left standing was her and Jesus. And when Jesus said, Where are the people that were here to condemn you? And she said, They're not here. And then he said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you and go from here. And this is the thing he said, And sin no more. See, he wasn't saying that she didn't sin, she wasn't saying that she did wrong. He's saying that there was a grace that was put over top of her life, that he was giving her grace saying, you can go sin and no more. He wasn't saying, hey, you're good, keep on going what you're doing. This is where we have the a la carte menu. This is something that people want to use. Well, Jesus had love. Jesus had love to be able to tell this lady that she wasn't doing wrong. No, Jesus had love to be able to forgive her. Not to tell her she was doing wrong. Big difference. It is not God's desire for us to go and live an unlawful life. It's just that he gave us his son to have the grace to forgive us. That's the difference. So then we have to take and still have a law in our life that's going to guide us, a process, a menu to get where we want to go. How do I want to look? How do I want to be? How do I want to feel? Because see, whenever you're living in sin, a lot of times you don't feel, it might feel good for a while, right? But eventually it starts to wear on you. And when sin starts to wear on you, you just feel like you can't do anything right. When the devil starts having a, a, a moment to be able to stick something in you and say, see, see what you're doing, see and it's just like, I'm so tired of this. But then you just don't know how to get out of it. No different than how we eat. I, I mean, we all eat. We, we, all, we all partake of food. And we all have an idea of how we're going to take, and we want to take and, and change our body style. But then it's just actually doing it. Christian walk. You all know what you need to do. It's just doing it each and every day, picking up the word of God, feeding yourself with it, staying away from the gluttony that you, that you have in your life. The gluttony sometimes can be, hey, did, hey, did you hear what Becky said? Becky said this, right? right we have no Beckys here again, right? <laughs> Becky said this. Did you hear that? Oh, yeah, Susie, yeah, whoa, and Bill over there, you know. Right? Oh, then we start predicting on what somebody is doing. It, it, it leads us down a wrong road. So Jesus taken, like say Jesus went and he says, "Sin no more." So that means we start taking out of our life. Now we have stories from the Old Testament like Sodom and Gomorrah. In Sodom and Gomorrah, the thing was is that God told Abraham says, "I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah for what they do. They were sin filled." There was nothing good about the place. God was like, "I'm done with it. I'm done with it." He said that He wouldn't flood the earth again, but He didn't say He wouldn't send fire and brimstone down on a city. Didn't say how you know how the fire you know how the fire started. Didn't say how the people they took, took and could have destroyed themselves. He didn't say it didn't say the people themselves were were in sin. and that city was destroyed long before God allowed it to be destroyed. And Abraham sat there and fought for those people, and said, "There has to be, there has to be good people." Well, we we know that Lot was a good person. We know Lot was a, a, a and God says, "Yeah, we'll take Lot out there." And so God sends a couple of angels to kind of like test Lot, and so the, the angels come in, and then the angels come in, they they go up to Lot, and, and so there was these men that wanted to come, and they wanted to fornicate with those angels. And, and Lot says, this is the crazy thing, to and Lot sits there and says, I have my daughters over here. Have your way with them. What? Have your way with my daughters. What? But Lot sat there and showed himself, hey, I'm going to protect these guys. And the angels, of the Lord came in, and when the angels came in, they went, and of course, that was his Saving ticket because he didn't falter to what everybody else was. He took and had a diet that was in his life. He had he had he didn't go and pick and choose what his okay was, and it saved him, but not the city. Then you have the next next one is that you have you have Jericho, or sorry not Jericho, Nineveh and and Jonah. What's the difference between Nineveh? And and Sodom and Gomorrah. It was a town filled of sin. It was a town that, that, that God needed somebody to go to. And he sends Jonah. Now we know the story of Jonah, that Jonah did not want to go. Not, I'm, not, I'm not concentrating on Jonah. I'm, talk, I'm, talk, I'm going to talk about Nineveh. But God said, I mean, it gave the right man for the right job to go talk to these people. And Jonah goes in, talks to the people, and what happens? Nineveh saved. Nineveh could have been the Sodom and Gomorrah if Jonah didn't do what he needed to do. Could have been. But the difference is, is that the people are able to go in and be changed. God didn't see that change that could happen in Sodom and Gomorrah. See, our God is a gracious God that he's going to take, and he lays the stuff down, these laws down to us, and gives us the ability to say yes or no. When it comes down, always comes down to it's about us it's about how what we take and we are going to take and choose to do with our life if we're going to accept the laws that have been put on our lives if we're going to accept it see when we, we want to talk about people that keep getting in trouble with the law it's cuz they don't it's like they don't want to accept that the law is there that they're over the law you're not over the law the laws are there for us to protect us not to in, in, incarcerate us that's not what the laws are for But what starts happening with us, With we, we want to start, again, taking that a la carte and pull, pulling it in and out. And what we what is okay for a Christian walk and what is not okay for a Christian walk. And you say, well, I grew up a Christian. Or I've been a Christian for a long time. Or I, I, I've walked this path and, you know, I know how to walk that line. In Revelation, it talks about being a lukewarm Christian and being spit out. So you can walk the line all you want. If you're on that danger there. But then it talks, I, I think it's in John, sorry, Matthew. In Matthew, uh, I got scripture up here, but in Matthew, it actually, Jesus went and said this. He said, then he began to denounce the cities that were most of his mighty works and had been done because they did not repent. And this is the thing. He says, woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethesha, for if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, then they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and in ashes. But I tell you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. He's saying because you had me teaching in your town, because you had me teaching in your city, it's more these other cities that weren't, that there aren't Jewish cities, these, these Galilean cities, these other cities, that it's more tolerable for them than it is for you because you had the opportunity to make the change. Because you knew what the ingredients were for happiness. Because you knew what the ingredients was to be saved. Because you knew what the ingredients were to be put into your life, to make your life better, to make your life a Christian walk. He's telling them, he's saying, you knew better. So when it comes down to it, you're going to be in worse condition. It goes on to say, it says, and you Capernaum, which Capernaum is where Christ spent his, his time. That's, that's where Peter lived at. That's, that's where Jesus spent his time when he was on the Sea of Galilee. And he said, you Capernaum, you will be exalted to heaven, question mark. You will be brought down to Hades for the mighty works done in you had been done in Sodom. It would have remained until this day if the work that was done there was done in Sodom, the people would have changed and Sodom would not have been destroyed. So he's saying that Sodom was not, not able to be reached. He's saying that the works weren't done in Sodom. So that comes down to what is being done in our lives what is being done in our lives because see what happened to those cities Chorazin, Chorazin is where I had my, my come back to Christ moment Chorazin is whenever I when two hours late, earlier that I was sitting down on a sea of Galilee and my faith was shaken to the very core because two plus two doesn't equal four because you can't have 20,000 people being fed by five loaves of fish, by, by, by fish and two loaves of bread, or whatever, you can't, you, it's, not, it's not possible because there's not that many people in that area. Because there's where's the houses? Where's the cities? Where's the buildup? Where's the things that are going on here? There is no way that this could happen. And as the other men of God that's around me are sitting on their knees crying because they're on there and they're playing the music and it's supposed to be this moment that they're grabbing and said, My moment is that I'm sitting there going, There is no way this could possibly happen, and I don't know how in the world I sat there and believed this stuff the whole my whole life. Shaken. What a load that I was fed. I get on the bus and everybody's like, oh, it was such a great thing. And I'm the biggest, I'm, I'm just, I'm like, yeah. And the guy was, was riding with me for a couple of days. He looks at me and he just is like, you all right? And I'm like, I don't, just leave it alone. I don't need to, I don't need to ruin his moment, right? And we get on the bus and we go around. And we come up t- over top of this hill. And I didn't want to get off the bus. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I was done. I was over with it. I mean, this is only four years ago, right? I was done with it. And I go and get off the bus and I'm walking around. And I'm looking at these rocks again. More rocks. And they show a bath, bath. Bathhouse, and they show, and they and they show talk about the cubicles, and and we walk around the backside, of the stadium, and we're overlooking to see a galley and we get down to that to the backside of it. When I get down to the backside, I took and I looked, and they, it was a. I just lost my mind. It's not a temple. It, they, it's where they collected. It. It, it was their prayer area, and. I'm sitting there looking at this, and they're, talk, they're talking about the significance of the seat that was in there. It was the seat of Moses. And, and, like, they didn't find, like, these, it's so rare they didn't, that they found the seat of Moses here. And that they actually found a, a, a book that they actually transferred from place to place. And, and I'm, I'm looking at it, and, and I'm like, what's, what's the name of the city again? Corzin. It's like Chorazin. Woe to you, Corzin. I said, is this the Corzon? Yes. And all of a sudden, my mind starts unraveling everything that, was, that I was looking at, my, 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 where my faith had been shaken to, where I was at my lowest point, was shaken to. Because then in my mind, you have to know how my mind works. I look at something, and it's like I can build it in my mind. It's like I can see what it is when it's finished. And it's really like I'm standing on top of that hill and I look around because I can see the Sea of Galilee. And all of a sudden, I start seeing these towns rise up and start coming out of the ground. And, and you see two, three-story houses. And you see them popping up all the way around this, this, uh, this, this small pond is what I want to call it because that's how irritated I was. An 8 by 13 that was all these stories were about. And I sit there and all this pops up. And I'm going around and I'm just like, I'm like, whoa, wow. And so I, I, I go and I'm excited now. And I go and I grab the guy, the, the, the guy that's, that's showing and I'm like, hey, wait, wait. hey, so if we took a shovel and we put it down anywhere in the ground out here, probably two, three, four, five miles back, we, we'd probably find, you know, houses, right? He goes, oh yeah, for sure, they were excavating all over the place. Because see, it was the only, see, this is where my mind was, it was the only fresh water source in the area. They didn't have stuff to pump water in. That's where the water came from. You have the Sea of Galilee or the, the, the Mediterranean Sea. It's salt water. They can't get water from there. You got the mighty Jordan River. That's not that mighty, which comes out of the Sea of Galilee. Where are they, these people living at, right? That's, that's where. and the devil's sitting there again. Yes, yes, yes. I'm about ready. I, just, I think if we just became pastors. Yes, I'm getting him. Yes, I'm getting him. And then all of a sudden, I'm sitting there looking at it going, my faith is fulfilled because I'm looking, I, I know, no, I know that I know that I know that that area was built up. It was a metropolis, that there was, there's people built back because that was the sustaining life in the area. But this is what happened. Woe to you, Chorazin. I went to Bethesia too. Woe to you, Bethesia. I went to Capernaum too. Woe to you, Capernaum. After Christ died, an earthquake came through. And destroyed it and leveled it to the ground. And the funny thing, it was from everything that was from the Sea of Galilee to Jerusalem was leveled. Who traveled that road? Jesus did. Do you think those were the only cities Jesus stopped in and talked? Hmm. As he went along, he talked and, and he shared. The things that we know in the Bible is only the things that were shared and put into the Bible. Do you think those are the only miracles and wonders and signs that were done? No you think those are the only people that were touched? No. From there to Jerusalem. That was his path. You think he only went to Jerusalem once? No. They had to go there every year. So he had this man of God that took and made this walk back and forth. And he said it in Matthew there. Woe to you. You will be brought down to Hades. You will be destroyed. You will have nothing. He said it. Woe to you. Because you were in, and you knew, and you knew better. And for me, standing in that place, it's my rock of faith that I have now. It's the rock that I stand on now. Because before I stood on the stories, now I stand on the facts. My diet, my intake, my a la carte menu isn't what it was. It changed. My faith is my strong suit now. I had a crack, I had a weakness because of what I took in. What I'm telling you this morning is is that laws are good, grace is better. They operate together. It's not one or the other. You can't do all grace all the time. You can't believe in not that and not all. You got to believe in. You got to believe in something functional. Some, something something you can grab. See, I have a rock at home from Corazon. They had plenty of them. It's fine. I have a rock from Corazon. My niece came over a couple of weeks ago, and she, said, and she asked me So it was talking about, was excited about, like, Holy Lands, when she wants to go there. I go in the other room, and I went and grabbed a fig tree, fig leaf. And I took the fig leaf, and I brought it to her, and I said, well, here you go. And she's like, what's this? I said, well, I'm not saying it was from the, one of the trees that was there when Christ was there, but I'm telling you, there's a possibility it was. And she's like, oh, wow, wow. Because even when I was there, there's two fig trees that didn't get destroyed from the Romans and didn't get destroyed from Napoleon and didn't get destroyed from the Kurds and didn't get destroyed. There's two fig trees that were still there were over 2,000 years old. So could there be a possibility that Christ was leaning up on that fig tree, crying to God and saying, and saying God, here we go. Could it be? Sure. Could one of those fig trees I grabbed been off that tree? Sure. I grabbed a bunch of them, so there's a better chance. They said, you guys can take some. I'm over there going. That was after my experience at the Sea of Galilee. Because if it was before that. And I had to force them in my bag. And everybody's like, what are you doing? And I told them. And they were like, oh. You see, there was an excitement. that started getting built up at that point. There's excitement that I would sit there and I'd be quiet with the other ministers and whenever I was with because these other ministers had been ministers a longer time, or because they had larger congregations, or because they went to went to these fancy schools, or because you know, I was staying quiet with those until one day I'm sitting in the middle of Jerusalem talking to these men that are ministers the same as me, no different. And we're sitting in the middle of Jerusalem at King David's hotel, overlooking the Golden the, the golden Dome out there. And I'm sitting there and we are start talking. And pretty soon I have 15 people right, gathering around me listening. Because my faith skyrocketed. Because my confidence went to the next level. Because that weakness that I had in my life, that God took that away. He gave me the grace to be able to fall away from faith for 25 minutes. He gave me that grace for me to get mad. He gave me that grace for me to, to, to be the person I don't want to be. And then he accepts me right back. And then he tells me not to live all the cart anymore. It's either with him or without him. A hard thing because it's so easy to straddle on the fence because everybody else does it right then i'm the weirdo i'm okay being weird my sister went to church camp and we always thought that we always thought that everybody else was the weird ones and she went to church camp and she comes back and she tells me she says She goes, I found out that we're the weird ones, not everybody else. Tell me you have a good home life. Do you love your parents? Do you honor, honor them? Yeah. I just thought that was normal. Let me tell you something this morning is, it's a new year. That's a new start. We have to keep each other accountable. We have to find our moment. I know what my moment is. I know what my getting saved moment is when I was 19 years old. And I know whenever I was, when, when my life was shaken to the core and built back up. In a matter of minutes. Those are mine. You can't have them. We need to take and start building our lives the right way to start building them without fear of consequence that we follow the law of god and we know that whenever we mess up the grace is going to take and overcome that that's what we have to do this morning if you could bow your heads with me this morning God, we pray over top of the people this morning. Pray over all of us that we we are looking to be satisfied more than what just the world says we need to be satisfied. But God, we are taking and we are striving to have that that fullness of you. We have that fullness of of (laughs) being overstuffed with you. then no, I, I'm i good. It's so good. But I want more. That we want more and more and more and more and more of you. God, that we pray that the word of God be flowing into us this year. That whenever 2021 comes around that we are, that what we see ourselves now that we are a shell of ourselves compared to 2021. That the That the, that those, (laughs) the building that's going to happen in our life, that'd be so great. You can't recognize. We pray this morning that we have the strength to be able to make those daily choices. To make those daily choices. to veer away from what the world says is okay and move to where God says this is where you should be we pray for that strength i know we pray for strength all the time but we need it we pray for the strength and we pray god that this morning that our words aren't falling on deaf ears we know it's not falling on deaf ears That God, that we, when we take and repent of our sins, that you are listening. And you're sitting there telling us, well done. And then we can take and be comforted. And that comfort is just like the, the parent putting the arm, arm around you and, and, taking and, and comforting you and sitting there and saying, it's okay. Now let's build you back up. God, this morning that we have that, that we pray for that this year, for that that personal relationship that we have to be able to grow and that that father figure that we know that you are, that father figure, take and be grown even more than what it is now. That God, that you are so heavily invested in us as we are going to be invested into you that you take and you are going to take and you're going to redeem us from our sins. Revive us from our past. And subsequently make us rocket into the future. In the name of Jesus, we pray for that strength. We pray for that. And we, God, we thank you for being there for us. We thank you for hearing us. We thank you for forgiving our sins. We thank you for sending your son, Jesus, here. We thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit. We thank you. We praise you. We honor you. In Jesus' name. A couple weeks ago, I offered, or a few weeks ago, we offered up time to give your testimony. I'd love to see us have one testimony a week. We Talk to somebody about being, last year we had a testimony Sunday, which a testimony Sunday was, honestly, I got up on a Sunday morning and nothing was coming. Nothing. I go, and I think I was on the drums that day. And I sat on the drums, nothing. And I'm sitting there going, God, I'd rather not say anything and say something wrong. And so I come up here and start speaking. as I start speaking, God says it's about them, not about you. So a couple weeks ago, I was asking God about what to do. With this, and He gave me the time to be able to have it. It was, it was. You have the opportunity. I just ask that you take and you talk to us and say, "Hey, I want to have it next week," so we could have 52 testimonies for the year. It'd be great. It'd be great because we need to share whatever our experiences are. We need to share what what our faith got rocked up front to and where we got taken out of. We need to share that. Because there's somebody sitting to the left and to the right of you that's going through the same thing, has gone through the same thing, or is going to go through the same thing. So I encourage you. You get a hold of me or Taylor. And you talk to us about getting into this.